Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. You may be familiar with today's guest, Tara Clark, otherwise known as at Modern Mom Probs. She's here to discuss intentionality and mental health, specifically when it comes to social media. Modern technology is not going to change, and if anything, it'll only capture more areas of our lives, and it's really up to us to modify our behavior. While social media can provide just a great escape and connect us to friends across the globe and become a useful resource, honestly, for income, it can quickly become an addiction that takes us away from our priorities and, most importantly, our children. It's something most of us realize, but we have a hard time actively combating. What do you do to set boundaries and protect mental health in this area? It was really great to speak with Tara about this topic because she does have quite a large platform, and I was curious to see how she navigates that and how it affects mental health for her. And while not everyone listening is a content creator, I think there were several takeaways that we can benefit from in her story. And I also thought it was really fun to hear how she started her account. So I'm excited for you to hear this conversation. And I'll be honest, it was my intention tonight to kind of go off script and just start to share more of who I am and the things that I'm simplifying, that I'm minimizing. Long ago, we used to have our own minimalist moments of the week and the resources that we would share. And I want to get back to more of that type of structure. All that to say, I am recording this at 11.30 on the night before the release, so I'm going to keep it very short and just say that I recently got back from a trip and I posted a reel on Instagram regarding some of my favorite ways to just minimize stress and maximize play on road trips, and I just wanted to share those with you here. This is nothing revolutionary, but I think if we can be really intentional about road trips, especially road trips that are over five hours with our children, that it can really be to our benefit, and honestly, we can have a great time with our kids. So here's a few tips I have for you. One, pack a variety of activity books and a car game or two doesn't hurt. This is super straightforward, but I really do like to buy one or two new activity books for my kids to play with that are new to them and exciting. And then the car game, we played this game called Guess in 10. It had to do with animals and there were clues. It was really fun for the whole car to play. My second tip would be to stop at a playground or a park along the way to burn off energy. There is a wonderful website called roadtrippers.com, and if you type in your destination on this site, it will show you the fun activities along the way, along your route. It has been so helpful in finding unique experiences. If your kids are feeling really restless, just do a quick search for parks or playgrounds in the area. Going along with that last tip, This next one is to drive halfway to a fun stop, and this is what we did, but we ended up camping overnight. We drove for about four and a half hours, stopped, we went to these really wonderful caverns in West Virginia, and then we camped out nearby. It doesn't have to be a big production or a big ordeal. I packed peanut butter sandwiches for dinner with some carrot sticks, and then we went to bed. For those of you that think this sounds like a horrible idea, a hotel is obviously great too, but I think the whole point in this suggestion is just that you don't have to drive the whole 10 or 12 hours if you don't want to, especially if you're considering driving overnight. That was something that my husband and I went back and forth on. Do we leave at nap time? Do we leave at dinner time? And we just felt like we'll leave slightly early and we just decided we'd break up the trip into two days of drive time and we really didn't lose much time at our final destination by doing so. 
Lastly, and this is huge, but when all else fails, really give yourself the grace to know that using a tablet along the way is not a bad thing. I would say for a great majority of time, my kids were on their Kindles. And you know, it's not something that we regularly do. They did have the opportunity to play games with us, that park, the caverns, but sometimes you just need to use the Kindle and that's okay. And I think there are people that are opposed to that idea, but I know for my kids, the Kindle is something that they don't get unless we're on a really long road trip. So it's something that they look forward to even more that really distracts them and passes that time a little bit more quickly, which also allows me the time to listen to my podcast or a book on tape. If you haven't seen this reel that I'm mentioning, head over to Instagram, check it out and leave some of your tips for minimizing stress and maximizing fun on a road trip. I hope this was helpful for you. And like I said, I just want to be a little bit more conversational with you here, but I think that's enough of me for now. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Tara Clark. Tara, thank you so much for joining me today on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here. Absolutely. I can't wait to talk to you a little bit and get to know you better. But before we get into our conversation today, which we're going to be talking a lot about mental health and just how you make it a priority in your life and the encouragement you have to others. But before we get there, go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone listening. Sure. My name is Tara Clark, and I am the creator of Instagram's Modern Mom Probs. And I'm also an author of a book by the same title called Modern Mom Probs, a survival guide for 21st century mothers. And on my platform, I like to both inspire people and inspire laughs. So I think it's it's a nice blend of reality with like humorous reality, as well as uh, an inspiring, empowering message. Absolutely. And I'm always curious when I see someone that has created a platform such as yours, I'm like, I wonder how that, how did, how did they get there? What even prompted them to start down this path? So tell me a little bit more about that. What got you into starting this Instagram? Yeah. So it started back in 2016. I was living in New York City with my husband and very young son, and I didn't really have a village. I didn't really have uh, so many friends, especially friends that had children at the time, which I know may sound crazy because New York City is such an enormous place, but uh, it can sometimes be lonely. And uh, and I was lonely and I was a stay-at-home mom. I used to work at Nickelodeon before my son was born, but after he was born, uh, I decided to stay home with him full time. And so when he was about three years old, I was looking for a creative outlet. And I said to my friends and family, I'm like, I'm going to start an Instagram account for moms. And they were like, what are you talking about? And this was like really early on in the beginning of Instagram back in 2016. And so uh, that's what I did. I created my own village and, and made my own mom friends. And it just really grew from there. And then back in 2017, we moved out of New York City to the suburbs and I changed the name of the account to Modern Mom Probs, and it just exploded from there. I'll just be honest. Do you feel like you actually were able to connect and not feel so lonely despite it being virtual? Because I think that we can feel so close to people and still have this like distance between us. And it's not to say that it's not helpful because it definitely does. And I think if we have enough people in our lives that we're seeing occasionally, that that can help balance it out. But I guess I want to know more about that. Did you feel... I hope I'm not offending you by saying this question, but I'd like, did you feel like it was authentic? Like the way that you were connecting with people? 
No, no, that one that doesn't offend me at all. Don't don't worry about that. Um, no, I really did connect with amazing women all across the country and all across the world. There was a really core group of women when I first started my account. These were my my best friends that I met through the internet. None of us had at that point met in real life. Um, but we spoke all day, every day. And I mean, maybe not quite all day per se, but all throughout the day, every yeah. day. And we all knew each other's um, about each other's families and, and relationships and all of that kind of stuff. And then eventually we did meet in person. And so these are friends that are just as close as friends that may live down the block or a few streets over. And sometimes they're almost even closer. And it really helped me not only when I first started the account, but then when, like I said, I had moved out of New York City to the suburbs, I didn't have any friends in my new neighborhood yet. And so these Instagram moms were the people that I spoke to all the time, you know, during that transition. Yeah, I think that I think that social media is this really cool, bittersweet connectivity that we have to one another. And I, like you, have actually met some really close friends via social media. And I actually we met a girl, me and my cousin, and we liked her so much. And we ended up meeting her just for maybe 20 minutes. And then we messaged her via social media again. And we're like, we should have a girls meeting in your town. She lived up in Amish country, uh, in Ohio. And we're like, let's have a night, like a girl's night out and a girl's day. And so this girl that we seriously had, we did not know her, but we connected and we'd been following each other for a while. We spent the entire day together, the entire night. And it was so much fun. I mean, maybe people that sounds crazy to some people, but I think you do because we have such insight to people's lives. It does. Yes. You feel like, you know, people. And I think unless you do put the intention behind it, maybe there is still that disconnect, but I, I think there's something totally to be said about actually investing in people that you meet this way. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, out of that initial group of friends that I had, uh, two of them, live out in Scottsdale, Arizona. And on several occasions, I have flown from New York to Scottsdale to hang out with them in person and have a girls weekend. And it was like the simply the most magical weekend. Well, going back, how have you seen your Instagram account benefit other moms and just being in that realm in general, how have you seen it be a benefit to moms that they can connect via social media? Yeah. I mean, that has become my entire mission now where whereas I more or less started the account as a creative fun outlet for me to connect with other moms then I built this community where moms from all over the world can meet and interact with each other you know find content that resonates with them you know speak their voices and and tell the difficult stories and, and normalize these these challenging conversations that I think it's so important that we have and so it has really evolved so much in the last four years. Connecting modern moms and modern parents all together is, has become my mission now. And so that's why I do what I do so that we can have those hard conversations while we have some laughs as well. Mm-hmm. And then how did you find that? It, you said at that point you were feeling really lonely because you didn't really have a tribe at that point. And outside of feeling more connectivity? Did you see other benefits in your mental health? And then was there a downside at any point? There definitely has been. I think there was a benefit to my mental health in as much as I had a creative outlet. I was creating fun, entertaining content that was resonating with people. And at the Mm -hmm. same time, then you're getting validated by making these new friends and having these conversations and, and then sort of getting, you know, your online village. But then 
it sort of reaches a tipping point in as much as then fast forward several years and it does it does negatively affect your mental health in a certain point. I know that, you know, it's something that I struggle with. I struggle to find the right content. I struggle to find the perfect post. I, I struggle with negative comments, you know, like we're yeah. people too. And, you know, sometimes comments and words can hurt. Obviously I've gotten to the point where I try very hard not to always read the comments. I mean, my page is sort of at a point where it is hard to go through every single thing. I mean, obviously I do for, for anything dangerous or scary that needs to be removed, but as far as negative comments, it's hard to go through every single thing, but luckily I have to say we don't receive too many, but Mm -hmm. um, it really can negatively affect my mental health. Absolutely. So how have you made it a priority to protect your mental health in this space? And I also want to say, I think for me, I don't have as big of a platform via social media that you do, but I would say that when I get a negative comment or something on something that I've done, I always look at that and I'm like, so you're separating something that I said and maybe have misinterpreted it. And also you've made my intentions be something that they aren't. And I feel like people that follow you know your intentions. And if they actually are regularly following you, they're going to give you that grace and that benefit of the doubt to say, this is what her intention was here. She wasn't trying to be offensive. Maybe she slipped up in her words, but that's kind of how I keep my mental health sane. I think if I do get a negative comment, but what does that look like for you? I think that's so important that that you even that you even think that one, I start at the beginning of even before I post something, mm-hmm. I think about every which way that a person can be even possibly offended by it. And so that if, if that's something, then I really try to steer clear from that. The thing is too, it, it seems to be that it's the people who don't necessarily follow you regularly or aren't even followers at all are the yeah. ones that make the comments. So maybe they see it in like the explore page, right? And so it just happens to be there and then they'll make a comment. That's what I find more often than not. And then, like I said, it, yeah. to protect my own mental health, I try very hard not to go back and, and read, you know, too heavily into the comments, especially for a post that performs really well, that like almost sort of goes viral because that's yeah. when you start to attract the other people who are not necessarily following you or your page and, and don't know you personally. That's a good point. It's really important as a content creator and a person in this space to protect your, your mental health because it really can be so taxing. A hundred percent. So with intentionality behind the things that I try to do in my life and I try to have guests that, that practice intentional, simple living, how are you intentional with the social media element of your life, but also you're a mom and you, you have to set those boundaries. So what does that look like on a day to day for you? Yeah, I practice intentionality with my social media use, as well as how it informs the rest of my, my life, as well as with my parenting. So as far as social media use, I only post certain times of the day. I try very hard to put my phone away and to be present with my family so that I'm not always on my phone. I I plan when I work on my emails. I say just in the morning, I'm going to do an hour's worth of email and then put that away until maybe later in the afternoon. Same thing with creating content. You know, I put every single thing in my 
calendar on my phone so I know what I should be working on at that exact time of the day so that I'm not just sort of running around willy-nilly or so that I don't forget the things that happen, right? And then I try really hard to be finished up with um, that work when my son is finished with school. Luckily, he finishes school for the school year next week. So so things will be a little bit different come summertime, obviously. But I'm very intentional with my time because I think it's important to do that so that the day doesn't run you, right? And so that, that you can go through your day and not feel overwhelmed by all of the different tasks and things that that present. So that's one thing as far as with my social media use or my technology use, I'm, I'm very intentional about when and how and why I use it. If not, I like I said, I could in theory, be on Instagram all day long. And it's just too much. It's not good for my brain. It's not good for my mental health. It's not good for any of those things. And so those are my habits, you know, personally. But then at the same time, for my son, I am trying to impart the same intentionality for him with his media use. He's eight and a half now. So he's getting to the point where, you know, he can play video games on his tablet, but not too long. And so that he can be in control of how long he wants to do it plus or minus so that I'm not always like nagging him, but it's, you know, it's challenging. That is definitely a modern mom prob, right? Is to try to like teach them to be intentional about their own device use. Yeah. Have you heard of Colin Croucher? So he was, he was really big into, he actually has passed away. He passed unexpectedly at the beginning of the year, maybe end of last year. I can't remember, but he was really about managing our children's social media, their phones. He believed in these smartphones that were dumb phones. And he recommended this book called Glow Kids that was all about navigating this area, especially as our kids get a little bit older. But I think that that Mm -hmm. is quite overwhelming as a parent to give them that freedom. Like I, I want my children to have freedom because I realize that we're in a different age than we once were, but I also want to preserve innocence and protect but also I don't want to be a hypocrite. I am the adult here. So like I can do things differently than my children can, but also I want to set a good example. So I think there's so many things at play. It it makes so much sense. And it's one of those things where when you have younger children, you know, three, four, five, you don't realize what a big deal it is until then they get a little bit older because you definitely can put the iPad you know, high, you know, put it in a cabinet, which is what we do. I, I keep it mm-hmm. in a cabinet out of his hands. And so when he needs it or wants it, and then he asks for it and then physically hand to him, which is what you could do obviously with younger children. But as the kids get older, whether they could either reach the cabinet or they're just going to have the tablet with them all the time, then, you know, it's, it's something that parents need to think about. And it's one of those things that sort of like hits you out of nowhere. You're like, Oh goodness, that's an issue now. Oh, it's a thing. One of the things that drives me with my own children is that social media affects my mental health. How do I expect my child or teenager to be able to handle it? If a 33-year-old woman is, and and I wouldn't say I like struggle with it really, but I, I would say that it has affected me. So how do I expect my kids to have the wherewithal to, to be able to manage that. And I think that's where it's like, okay, we really do need to create boundaries here and protect their mental health as well as our own. Yes, absolutely. At this point, my son luckily is not on social media. So he's just playing video games like Roblox and, and Minecraft and stuff like that. But my husband and I had a conversation just yesterday about that concept of, oh my goodness, what are we going to do when that becomes 
an issue, you know? And yeah. so I, I guess that at this point, I'm trying to read up about it as much as I can and, you know, ask professionals and talk to experts and sort of like be ready and be prepared. And, and a big thing really comes down to setting boundaries and, yes, giving them certain elements of control or maybe even like the illusion of control. But um, it's really important to have those conversations, I think, early because I think it can really, um, you know, affect their their mental health. I'll give you a, a really quick example. Uh, the other day, I was speaking with someone on a Zoom call and I didn't have any makeup on and my hair was like a mess. And, and she she was leaving the company and I wanted to say goodbye to her. And I said, Oh, just turn your camera on for just one second. And just mm-hmm. so we could like say goodbye to you. And she was like, no, 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 I don't, you know, I don't look good. And I was like, Oh, it doesn't matter. No one else is wearing makeup anyway. And it's almost a generational thing where unless they're, you know, curated in a certain way, right. With their hair, their makeup filters, whatever it happens to be, they mm-hmm. don't want to, you know, even be seen or be shown. So like all of the images, whether it's a zoom call or whether it's on Instagram or, or TikTok, you know, it has to be ready for the world. And so that's actually what prompted the conversation with my husband and I of having to be prepared for that when our son then feels the need to be ready for the world. Although I'm not sure he, he may, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. He's sort of well, his own person, which I love that about him. How old did you say he is again? My son's eight and a half. Okay. He'll be nine in November. I feel like that's the age where they're just, they're precious at every like young stage, but I feel like there's this precious age between like eight and 11 that's protect them. <laughs> like, Don't slip into anything too fast. I don't yes. know. It's, I agree a hundred percent. I often say just stay eight, stay eight forever. I love the age eight. I think it's wonderful. He's finishing up second grade and I think Mm -hmm. it's just a perfect age. I mean, every age is wonderful. Don't get me wrong. Babies, newborns, toddlers, it's all wonderful, but, but there's something magical. I think between like the age of like six and like eight, because Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful balance of independence, but then they still need you and they still want cuddles and, and they still, you know, want to be your baby a little bit while they're minding their own business and maybe playing with a, a board game on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. How would you encourage other moms that are listening to protect yeah. their mental health yeah. in this arena? And again, I know that not everyone listening is a content creator. And I think that this is honestly just kind of a fun episode to hear a different perspective sure. too. But how would you encourage other moms? We all have social media. If you're listening to this, I'm assuming that you have some form of social media, even if you're not regularly posting. So what's your encouragement to those listeners? My advice would be just put the phone down. (laughs) It's that advice that I often have to tell myself is just put the phone down. (laughs) That's it. Sometimes walk away. Maybe it's even, you know, opening up your front door or your back door and just getting some fresh air and just getting some sunshine. I think it's just a matter of putting the phone down, walking away and being present with yourself and with your family and being intentional about the use there, because that's advice that I'm giving myself just as much as I'm giving it to you right now. And it's going to be there. And I have to remind myself, if you don't see a post at 2 yes. p.m., you're going to see it at 8 p.m. Like, it's not going to go away. If you don't get on there, it's going to stay in the same spot. And you're going to, you can scroll down to see it when your kids are in bed and you have your own time. I agree 100%. That's really been my takeaway, especially in the last few months, has mm-hmm. been it will be there, whether it's the emails, right? When I said about being intentional about my email use of checking it just in the morning and just in the evening. Mm-hmm. It's going to be there. 
And, and nothing, at least in my world, is going to be caught on fire because I didn't respond to an email at the exact second that it hit my inbox. And so yes. sometimes it's important to, you know, go for a walk or, uh, you know, practice some yoga, do some Pilates, like just even folding laundry, just, you know, something that's just away from the phone. And again, that that's advice to myself just as much as it is to you. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Well, Tara, where can listeners find you? I know you said a little bit, but where can they find you? Where can they pick up a copy of your book? So my book is available on Amazon and target.com, walmart.com and barnesandnoble.com. On Instagram, it's Modern Mom Probs. And my website is www.modernmomprobs.com. Well, thank you so much for coming on, sharing, being vulnerable with us. I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having me, Diana. It was a pleasure. I think the number one thing that I took from this conversation and just it made me think about in my own life would be that social media is really intended to be enjoyable. And I think that if you find yourself not enjoying it, you need to step back and look at your priorities and look at what you're spending time doing. If there's a hobby that you have that maybe you've lost sight of, start tracking your time on social media and see how much time you're actually spending on it that you could be putting towards something you actually enjoy. I'll tell you my conviction here. I love reading the comments section on posts, on articles. I love to see what people have to say. Sometimes I'll even read the comments on a comment and I get so sucked into that. I've had to mute the neighborhood community board because I would spend so much time scrolling those messages and it really, it made me feel gross. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't benefit from it. I honestly lost sleep over it because I stayed up much later than I needed to when really I would much prefer to read a book. So I have a new rule that I no longer peruse the comment sections of posts or articles. And to catch myself, if I do expand the comments and start reading through, I immediately stop and I go into my Kindle app and I start reading. It was just a quick way to train my brain. I'm sure there are better ways. I'm sure there are better ways. This is kind of embarrassing sharing it. But I think there are so many elements to social media that we can get caught up in. So I'm curious to know how you feel about this. I have a post going out today that you can comment on or I'd love to hear from you in my DMs. Join me back here next week as I bring you my conversation with The Minimalist. We're going to be talking all about their new book. And I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.